Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, what a beautiful day. The sun is shining. Can you believe it? Wow. So a feisty 70-year-old woman had, a, had to call a furnace repairman. After a quick inspection, the man put some oil into the motor, handed her a $70 bill for labor. Labor charges, she said. It took you five minutes. The repairman explained that his company had a minimum one-hour charge on every house call. Well, I want my remaining 55 minutes of labor, she responded. She handed him a rake. The repairman spent the next 55 minutes in her yard bagging leaves. I love it. I love it. Hey, Livewires, we'll see you later. Let's hear for our children as they leave, age seven to sixth grade. Ah, 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 see ya. Happy Mother's Day to ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So it's official. Research has now proven what parents have known for years. Kids ask a lot of questions. According to a new survey, the average child under age 10 asks their parents 288 questions a day which is about one question every four minutes. And all the mothers said, yeah. The girls, girls tend to ask the most questions. Their curiosity peaks just before kindergarten when they ask a staggering 390 questions a day. Way to go, girls. The kids asking the fewest questions are nine-year-old boys who ask only 144 questions a day. So the study also found out that from age five on, the number of questions kids ask decreases slightly every day, but they get more difficult. And more than 80% of parents say their 10-year-olds routinely ask questions they can't answer. In one final survey statistic, almost nine out of 10 kids bring their questions to their mother first. That's because the standard answer of 25% of dads is, go ask your mother, right? Oh, yeah. So we live in a fast-paced world, don't we? Filled with microwave ovens, drive through restaurants, quick-serve everything, and it, it does something to the way kids think. A little girl said to her friend, I'm never having kids. I hear they take nine months to download. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, mothers. We, we salute you. If you're a mother in here, would you stand one more time and let us just give you a, a round of applause today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We love you. Someone has said, change doesn't begin in the White House. It begins in your house. And we know that. We know the power of, of one, one simple drop of water causes ripples. And the power of a single, simple life lived with intention causes a ripple effect that affects everything. Imagine the impact of one simple life lived with intention. I was reading this week about Harriet Tubman. Uh, she will soon be honored as the first African-American to be featured on U.S. currency, the $20 bill. You probably read that. And when Harriet Tubman crossed into Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania's free soil, she felt like she had been born again. She said, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person now that I was free. 
There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields, and I felt like I was in heaven. She earned the nickname of Moses because she led so many of her people from bondage in the house of slavery to the promised land of freedom along the Underground Railroad, which passed through Kennett Square. And, and if you have studied any history, you know that many historians believe that this railroad right out here, we hear the, the whistle many times a day. And that's the railroad that many of the slaves rode to their freedom. And uh, we, we got placed at a great place, didn't we? Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. Captives no more in Jesus' name. And so she got nicknamed Moses because she led so many people out of, of slavery. She was a woman of deep Christian faith. She followed God's voice and pursued the visions he planted in her heart to achieve true greatness. She was raised on a plantation in Maryland, and her mother taught her Bible stories. She came to faith in Jesus as her Savior and Lord at her mother's apron strings. While Harriet never learned to read, she had a phenomenal memory, and she memorized long passages of Scripture that informed her captivating oratory later in life. Harriet's mom, though she was a slave herself, was a powerful force that shaped her daughter, who ended up shaping the course of history. It's the powerful impact of one simple life lived with intention. As I was thinking about that, I, I thought of my grandmothers, my grandma Briny and my grandma Hollis, who were both very strong women, who basically spoke into their children, raised them in godly homes. Even though my grandma Briny, when she got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, her husband left her, she still decided, I'm going to pour life into my kids, and they are going to change the world. She raised my mother. My mother was a very strong woman. And my dad, because of how he was raised with a strong mother, he chose a strong woman. And they poured into me, and I decided to choose a strong woman who was raised by a strong woman whose grandma Colonna, her dad's mother, was kicked out of her house when she became a Christian came home, 14 years of age. Her mother said, if you love Jesus, you no longer have a home here. Put her stuff on the, on the porch. She was never allowed back in that home again. But being a strong woman, she decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. And her life raised Christie's dad, poured into him, and here we are today, the product of someone who decided, my one simple life is going to make a difference. Doesn't matter what my circumstances are, just like Harriet Tubman's mom, doesn't matter what my circumstances are, my life is going to make a difference in someone. And that someone is going to make a difference in someone else. And that someone else is going to make a difference in someone else. And the ripple effect begins to flow. And I want you to hear from the kids of this strong woman this morning. Happy, Happy Mother's Day, Mom! We love you! Happy Mother's Day! 
today is all about you. You. And we want to take a few moments and share three, three reasons why we love you. That's right. And I want to start us out because I'm the eldest. Yes. And that's what eldests do. Yes. The dirty 30. The dirty 31, actually. <laughs> uh, Mom, we just wanted to take a moment and just tell you how much you mean to us. And uh, you've been such an incredible mother. And on this Mother's Day, we celebrate you. And we honor you because you have such a power-packed life that you've lived up until this point. And uh, we just wanted to share a little moment with you. But um, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, watching you as a mom, is definitely the way you nurture and caretake everybody who comes into your circle. And I love that about you, and that's such a God character because I feel like um, that's what God does with us. No matter where we're at or you know what you've been through, I feel like anytime you go come to Mama Bear, as you call yourself, Mama Bear always wraps her arms around you and you know you're gonna get loved beyond just normal love. It's Christy love, which is huge and awesome. And all through our life, you've always been that for us, that surrounding, that covering, uh, no matter what we've been through as, as kids, we can always go to, to Mom to get that love and nurturing. So thank you so much for being such a role model to us in the way that you serve God and the way that you love people and the way that you just raised us kids so that we can pass that on. Um, and today I just, I look back and I think, you know, what an incredible mom we've had in our life. And all growing up, you know, you always don't realize what you have until you get old enough to look back and say, oh wow, you know, we had it really good. Um, so thank you, thank you for being an incredible mom, even in the midst of maybe, you know, hard times and, and times that were a little tough, you, you never changed, you are always the same. You always taught us how to be that in our faith and, and love. So thank you, and I love you so much. You wanna go? Sure. Ma, mommy, mama, mom, me, love you. Um, I, I, I honor you today because of, of who you are. Um, I, I just, I remember back to uh, every morning and in our house, we had an open door policy and, and you literally every morning would bust through the door and be like, good morning, and come in and, and literally wake up and, and do whatever to get me out of bed. And, and, and I just think back to like your boldness, like with everyone, with, with anyone, it was just like this, this crazy tenacity to, to get people happy. And uh, I, I'm so thankful for that because that pushed me um, to become who I am today with just your boldness to open your mouth and, and share God's love with whoever walks into your life. And so I, I thank you for that. Thank you for being that leader. Thank you for being um, a, a woman of God and, and leading in that way. And there's so many things that I could talk about in, the, in these moments just to say thank you for, for standing up, for being who you are, for, for never um, doubting God. You, you, we, we as a family, you, you, you're a leader in that saying, let's never doubt God, let's be who God's called us to be, never changing behind closed doors or in front of people's faces. And so thank you for that. Thank you for being that for me so that I can now train and teach my family and lead in the way that I need to lead. You're a strong woman and you're everything uh, I could ever ask for in a mom and love you today to death and so thankful that you're in my life. And um, hugs and kisses, XO, XO, <laughs> boom. All right, I guess that leaves me. Yeah. Mom, I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you today. And I guess what I want to honor you for today is your just passion and uh, zest for life. You never let a day go by where we were able to be bored. That was a word we were not allowed to use in the house. No, we went through every day with passion and just excitement.
excitement for what was coming because you led us in that way. You have been the most incredible mom to us and now watching us, we've all had kids. You just take on the role of Mookie and you've continued to bring in that passion and zest into the kids and spoiling them rotten and just loving on them and, and showing them what it is to be excited about even the small little things. And I am just so grateful as your daughter and I really consider you as one of my best friends. Um, I will always think that. I know back in the day it probably didn't seem that way as we were so much alike we probably butted heads but now I cherish those moments with you and, and just our relationship that we've grown into being just such good friends. I can call you whenever and you just are so encouraging and I just love you so much mom and I'm so thankful for you today on this Mother's Day. Thank you for teaching and training all of us and me to be the mom that I need to be for Anchor and, and any more kids that we may have. We're just just so in awe of who you are today. And we love you so much. So yeah. much. So we celebrate you today. Yes. yes. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Happy Mom. Mother's Day. You are awesome. And we love you. Love you, Mom. Great. That's right. My name is Elijah Atarone. Because this guy she lives on the throne. That's Mom. a broken car. Mom, I just wanted to say, uh, looking back at this year and all you did. Take it. Take Sorry, two, I three, two, one. Happy, happy birthday! birthday. <laughs> birthday. Happy, happy birthday! Happy Mother's Day, Mom! Yay. We love you! Christy Gay! Christy Gay! Just imagine that in a 40-foot camper for 12 years. <laughs> Baby, you did amazing. Uh, a simple life lived with intention and purpose. And Christy has lived her entire life on purpose. Not a day goes by that she doesn't have purpose, and, and she poured that into our children. Um, shape the course of history because you don't know the ripple effect of what your life will bring about. You don't have to be a mom to cause a ripple effect. Just nudge your neighbor and say, you're causing a ripple effect. You are. My mom shaped my life I'm who I am today. I called her this morning, talked to her about it, and uh, just so grateful for what she placed in me. Did you know Jesus' mom shaped his life? Yeah. Mary, the mother of Jesus, pushy woman that she was. Check it out, John chapter 2. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. You know the story. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. I, I can just, I can see her giving him that mother look. They have no more wine. Right? Do something. And, and notice Jesus' response. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Okay? It's like, Really? You're going to take that on, which moms always do, right? They're always taking on everybody else's problems. Come on. 
And, and then Jesus goes on and he says, my time has not yet come. End of story. It's not my time to do anything yet. Okay, done. And Mary, his mother, notice the next verse, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. And, and I, I don't know how long Jesus stood there and just kind of looked at her like, really, Mom? Seriously? It's not my time yet. Do whatever he tells you. And Jesus does his first miracle because Mom pushed him. Come on. Mom, you're a big deal. Moms, they're present. They pray. Even ungodly moms pray. I know. I've met some. They provide. They push. They're positive. They see possibilities. They proclaim greatness. They point the way. They're persistent. They've got perseverance. Bulldog moms. I love it. At the beginning of 2016, the Lord gave me this scripture for us as a family and for the, us as a church. Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. We had no idea what 2016 was going to hold for us, yet the Lord says he crowns the year with a bountiful harvest and even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance. As you came in here today, ladies, uh, every one of you got a rose. Y'all got your rose? You like your rose? The thing you like most about that rose right now is the fact that Elijah and Kyle Vogley, they took all the thorns off for you. Every one of those roses came with thorns. I know it's a shock, right? Because most of the time we get roses and, and there are just no thorns on them because somebody has taken the time to dethorn them. The reality is every rose is covered with thorns. But the beautiful part is in the midst of all the thorns, there's a rose. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but I do know this, that there is something beautiful in the midst of all of those thorns. There's something that will bless you. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. No matter what thorns surround you, you can find the most beautiful of roses. Can I just say to you today, enjoy those moments and rest in the peace that goes beyond your understanding? About 20 years ago, Bill and I had gone through a nightmare uh, with our oldest child. She went down a, for lack of better words, a real rebellious, dangerous road. And we had done everything. We took her to our pastor. Um, she was involved in youth group, and she just walked away from everything. Um, it was, it was a really dark path and it was scary and we just thought it was normal, uh, for lack of better words, teenage rebellion, but it wasn't. It was really bad. 
Um, we did everything humanly possible to help her, but she would have none of it. Um, I actually prepared myself for the phone call that a lot of most parents dread. Um, I was in and out of depression, um, wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating, and the days turned into weeks, the weeks turned into years, and this one particular night I was just at my lowest. Um, my family was in bed, we were, everybody was asleep. It was about two or three o'clock in the morning, I was listening to, to Bill snore. And um, I was laying on my back and I was praying, and um, the tears were just rolling down my face, wet my hair, wet the pillow, and um, the thought, this thought came into my brain. You know, the devil is a bully and he gets you at your weakest. And the thought came to me, you must be the worst mother on the face of the earth. Look at your kid. And I actually thought, I don't think I would have thought, gone through with this, but I actually thought real quick, you know what? Get some clothes, get some money, hop on the 95 South and never come back because you are just the worst. And I was, I, while I was having my pity party, the Holy Spirit broke in through the darkness. And he said this to me, he asked me a question, and it was this. Am I a good father? And it freaked me out. I thought it was kind of like a trick question. And I whispered through my tears, yes. And he said, no, I am a perfect father. And my children still rebelled. Stop beating yourself up. Give this child to me and get on with your life. That changed my entire perspective. I actually thought to myself, oh my word, he is the perfect father. He's perfect. And we all rebelled. I finally said, Lord, Lisa's on a real dangerous path and I'm not even sure if she's gonna live. But I can't fix her and I don't have any more fight in me. So I give her to you. And when I did that, this peace that flooded like a, a river, that peace that passes all understanding, flooded my heart. And, and, I, and I found myself, even after that, when I would get nervous, when I would get anxious, I would hear she was doing something or, or I would see certain things she was doing, I would get anxious. I would go back and I'd say, God, she's yours. You can't do it, that, that's your job. And I, I would say to mom, any moms that are struggling to uh, memorize God's word, and I don't mean to sound real Christianese, but not only memorize, rest in God's word. There's a difference between resting in his word and memorizing scripture. When you rest, you expel all the, all the fear, all the doubt, all the what if scenarios and just rest. Lisa and her family are doing very well now. They, um, she really came around a few years ago. They were real involved in their church. Um, and loving on the Lord, and He's loving on them. So I would say to any mom, rest in God's Word, really rest, because you need peace. Motherhood for me was blissful, but it was hard at times. God's Word says in Jeremiah that is anything too hard for me, and we know that the answer is no, it's not. So rest in that, and happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Rest in God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. He says, don't worry about anything. It's easy, easy to say that, isn't it? 
But here he gives you the other side. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We've all been there. We've all had moments where we wonder, am I going to make it through? Is this situation ever going to change? And we've got to, instead of worrying, pray about everything. Give it to God. Let his peace, let his word richly dwell in you. There are a few things you need to do if you're going to survive and thrive in this Christian life, and even as a mother or not a mother. First of all, you've got to build your life on a strong foundation. Amen. And Jesus Christ is the only foundation that won't give way when the world caves in around you. you got to know that. He is the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the Almighty One. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the firm foundation. You can, many people are trying to build on all kinds of foundations. There's only one sure one, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the rock that can't be moved. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You can trust him. You can build your life on the solid foundation, Jesus Christ. The second thing you need to do is connect with a strong network of believers. I believe we have one of those here at the power place, a strong network of believers. Together is a powerful word. Amen? It's a powerful reality. And let me just say, you've stood with us through Christie's storm and surrounded us with who Jesus is. And the family of God has become this this force to be reckoned with in our lives. We just want to say thank you. There are moments when the call comes, a text comes, a scripture comes, somebody brings something to eat, somebody brings something, some flour. It's, it's amazing how God has used you at just the right time every day. He knows what he's doing. But we wouldn't be receiving any of this had we not settled ourselves in the midst of a strong network of believers. You know the French fry principle. You got to stay in the little container with the other hot fries to stay hot, to get that warmth off of each other. Amen? <laughs> Together is a powerful word. And uh, when the scripture says, bear one another's burdens and you fulfill the law of Christ, we are receiving that now. And let me just say thank you for standing with us. Thank you for bearing our burden as we walk through this difficult time. 
Everyone faces difficult times. I want you to hear this from Jennifer. We started attending the Power Place nine years ago. It was August of 2007. It was my husband and our two sons, who were eight and nine at the time. And um, at that time, we felt that we were Christians and were doing a decent job at life. But we also hadn't experienced um, what was to come. God knew what he was doing when he brought us to the power place. We loved it and we wanted what was going on around us and we had no idea how to get it, how to get it inside us. And I started asking questions and saying, how do I do this? I want what they have. I want to not just say I'm a Christian, but I want to feel that I'm a Christian. And so Christy talked to us a lot about getting into the Word and memorizing it and hiding it in our hearts and just sharing it. And that's what I started doing. I started memorizing Scripture. I started attending the women's Bible study. There were a lot of things that just began to pour into me. My husband was diagnosed with diabetes at, at 41. And um, over the years, it, he just wasn't faring very well with it. He had quadruple bypass surgery about six years ago. And um, last August, he, he passed away suddenly. And it's been a hard year. It's been hard on our children. It's been hard on me, understandably. We, were, we just celebrated 30 years of marriage last April. I was at a point last year, I, I can't even imagine walking through, walking this road that I'm on now, having not had this relationship with God, because having the scripture that was in my heart that I could go to at nighttime and just recall in my mind and say out loud, you know, be anxious for nothing, by all things through prayer and petition, bring your request to God. And, it's powerful. It changes you. It changes how your mind thinks. It's it healing. It heals you. If you pour it out into God's hands, if you pray out loud in faith, asking God to help you with every one of these concerns, because the Bible says we can go boldly before the throne and ask him for anything, and he will not deny us any good thing. He wants our marriages to be healed. He wants our children to follow him. And you may be that chosen leader in your family, whether you like it or not. It may be you're in a situation like mine where your husband's no longer there to lead, or maybe your husband's not following in the way that, that you think he should. Um, but putting it in God's hands, declaring it, out loud in your prayer time that this is what you're asking for and pouring out your heart and listening to him, journaling. He answers. And there is something in the atmosphere that changes when you pray out loud. But when you get involved and you get to meet other Christians and you see what their walk is like and they come alongside you and they show you what their experience with what God has been and what works for them and ideas. It's, that is what 
this is. It's a journey where we do it together. It's not this solo act because we're meant to go out and commune with one another and the light of God shines through us. Other people will ask you, hey, what's going on in your life? Something about you is different. And you share with them and it goes on and on. That's the Great Commission. You pull people in by Jesus' love shining through us. Amen. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. Out loud prayer is powerful. I got to tell you, we, we're speaking out loud to this mountain, saying, Be thou removed in Jesus' name. We're not backing down. We're not walking away. We're fighting with everything in us. And together is powerful. We need each other. We need each other. Tell your neighbor, I need you. We need each other. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Another translation, spur one another on to love and good deeds. You know what a spur is, right? Wow. Sometimes you need a good spur in the sides. If I was a horse, I'd be going, ah, ah, ooh, ah. Let us think of ways to motivate one another, acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Look, we all know the enemy's on the prowl. He's trying to separate us from the pack, trying to get us to think we're the only one. He's trying to get us to, to move away from his body, the family of God, so he can pick you off. Come on, don't let that happen. Find somebody who's on the fringe and pull them in, in Jesus' name. Because together is powerful. Number three, the third thing you need to realize is you must turn to God and he will walk with you and help you little by little. Somebody say little by little. Little by little. I uh, watched the message online from our district ministry summit this week. Wasn't able to attend. But our assistant superintendent Brian Cuck, who a little over a year, about a year ago now, um, he and his wife, Lynn, were riding a motorcycle. They were hit head-on by a, a drunk driver. She was immediately killed, and he lost his left leg with a lot of injuries, internal and physical. And he was preaching at our district ministry summit less than a year later. He has prosthetic leg now. He's learning how to walk again. And he was speaking on the subject, what do you do when God doesn't fix it? Because I believe all of us have been in situations where we're wondering, God, when are you going to fix it? Is it ever going to change? When is the miracle going to come? And he talked about the fact that he is learning how to walk again. And it's a process. And he said it's little by little. 
He said, I have to think now as I take a step. Heal first. You don't have to do anything but step on the bug and take a step forward. And he said, if you'll just put your hand in God's hand, he will help you and walk with you little by little. You don't have to know the whole pathway. You just got to take the next step and know that God is leading you. If you'll just hold his hand and allow him to help you step by step, little by little. And sometimes that's the only way to make it through this life. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22. The Lord your God will drive out those nations ahead of you, little by little. You'll not clear them away all at once. Otherwise, the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. Never thought about that. I'm just thinking it'd be great to annihilate all these people. Didn't think about the wild animals. Only God has the perfect view. Come on. He sees what you cannot see. He understands what you can't understand. And little by little, he'll walk with you step by step. He will direct your paths. The paths of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He delights in all their ways. Little by little, he will drive out those enemies ahead of you. Not all at once, lest there be too many wild animals because he knows the big picture. He sees what we cannot see. Listen to Debbie's story. I guess I'll start with where I met my husband. We actually went to high school together. And... Um, I really didn't want to get to know him because he was a missionary kid in South America and had just come back, and he just seemed different from everybody else. So then I wound up, I guess about six months later, we were at a youth group, and I met him there. We were playing volleyball, and the Lord just really led me in his direction, and I, within two weeks of getting to know him, basically we... Um, I became unengaged and I started dating my husband and six months after we had met we wound up marrying and that was 30 years ago in January. I was told I could not have children which was devastating for me because I had always wanted children and um, I had been a nanny for many years and the thought of not having children was devastating to me. So then when I got pregnant the first time the doctor told me that would be my only pregnancy. Well, five, five children down the road, we have five beautiful sons, and um, I couldn't be more proud of them, each and every one of them. They all know the Lord. We started off our years where my, I, Dave, my husband, had a landscape business, and when I met him, we just I started helping him, and I, we worked side by side, and we always brought our children with us, so... Dave and I would have a child each in our back on a backpack, mowing lawns every week. And we do that for many years until I had health issues about 15 years ago. And the doctor said whatever I was doing in my life had to change. So we put the business up for sale 
and um, and our house in Ridley. During the winter time, we didn't have much work, so I would snowplow while my husband would work for a well company. And that basically covered all the bills, and our children had no idea the struggles we went through. But God has always been good, and he has always provided for us. And then when I had my health issue, that's when we were told to do something different. So we put our house up for sale and the business, and they both sold within a week. So we said, I guess we're doing this. We moved out to Oxford, and that was in 2001. And my hus the company my husband was working for, he decided to go full time. And we had some neighbors that would ask us to uh, take care of their wells, but my husband didn't feel comfortable with it. So we, um, he purchased a truck and used his own equipment. And that was back in 2005. In 2008, the company wanted him to either quit working for them or to uh, sell, ev sell everything he had and stay with them full time. And we weren't sure what to do, so we, Dave knelt beside me and we prayed for the first time. We asked God to show us in black and white what direction he wanted us to go. And that morning, I took my children to school and I was going down the driveway and David left a half hour before me and all of a sudden he was pulling up with his boss. He got out of the truck and he said, the Lord answered our prayers. And I asked him what he meant and he said, I was fired. And that was in 2008, and we're now in 2016, and I'm happy to say the Lord's blessed our business tremendously. We now have one of our sons working for us and another full-time employee. And the God, just every time we were struggling and not knowing what we were going to do, God always pressed on us to trust Him, and we did. And all these years later, He has always been there to answer every question we had. Little by little. Amen. Someone has said, faith in God, trusting Him is like driving at night with the lights on. You can't see very far down the path, but you can see far enough to take the next step. That's all you need. Little by little, with your hand in His. Proverbs 31 speaks of a virtuous woman. And it says in verse 25, she's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. She looks at the future, doesn't know what's coming. There's no fear there. She just goes ahead and laughs. One of the things that attracted me to Christy when I didn't even know who she was was in the cafeteria of Bible college. I heard her laughing way across on the other side of the room. And she looked at me yesterday and she said, let's never stop laughing. This, this cancer isn't going to take my laughter. She laughs without fear of the future. It was the, uh, the scripture that they used in their paint night with the women. Little did we know what the future would hold. We're still laughing. 
We're going to keep on laughing. Because there's no fear when you've got your hand in his hand. When he's walking with you and teaching you little by little, step by step. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Then verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. We know that's true. Honestly, I I laugh every time I see one of these Hollywood stars try to make themselves look young again. And they deform themselves. And it's like, really? That's not a good look. Okay, just just grow old. Be happy with it. (laughs) Charm is, is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And this is for all you guys. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. There's another thing. The fourth thing I want you to do if you're going to stand strong and not just survive but thrive is fourthly, fear, fear only the Lord and walk strong in His ways and fight. Fight for what matters. And I'm praying today that God puts a fight in many of your hearts today. A fight for what really matters. There's a story in 2 Samuel 21. It's kind of an odd story that uh, has always been interesting to me. And There's this woman, Rizpah, and she has two boys. And those two boys are chosen to be sacrificed and killed to repay this whole big mess. And I want you to notice what happens here. In verse 9, 2 Samuel 21, 9, the men of Gibeon executed them on the mountain before the Lord. God was watching. So all seven of them died together at the beginning of the barley harvest. And then Rizpah, daughter of Ai, the mother of two of the men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and she stopped wild animals from eating them at night. Are you kidding me? They're dead. And yet, Rizpah says, you know what? They may be dead, but they're still my kids. She spreads out her bed, her burlap bag on a hard rock. And she positions herself between the wild birds and the wild animals. And as her boys' bodies, dead though they may be, are laying there, Rizpah's like, 
not on my watch. Ha! Get, get away! Back! Get out of here! Not my boy. You're not having, no! You're not taking their dignity. Get out! And all day long, she's fighting off the wild animals, the birds. At night, any beast that comes her way. She should be sleeping at home in her comfy bed on her Tempur-Pedic. No. There's something inside of her that's burning. There's a fire that says, not on my watch. Ha! Get out! Ah! Back up! No way! You're not having my kids' bodies. In the entire harvest season, Rizpah stays outside day and night. Something rose up inside of her. You can't have my boys. You can't have my boys. I'm asking God to place that spirit, the spirit of Rizpah, in every heart and life in this room today. And every one of you watching online today, not on my watch. Enemy, you can't have him. Enemy, you can't have her. Enemy, you can't have him. Enemy, you can't have my marriage. Enemy, you can't have my life. In Jesus' name. Entire harvest. Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4, 1. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Let me tell you something. God has a call on each one of our lives. And you've been called by God. There's something inside of you God has placed. It's your calling. I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Don't give up. Don't give in. Though the wild animals may come, though the scavenger birds may try to pick out the flesh, not on my watch. I've been called by God. You can't have them. In Jesus' name. I'm called by God to fight the good fight of the faith. Some fights you don't need to fight. But there's a good fight of the faith. You fight every single day of your life. All harvest season long. Second Thessalonians, Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. He says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That's my prayer for you today. Stand together, every one of us standing. If there's a mother nearby you, I want you just to lay your hand on her shoulder and let's pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these mothers. Thank you for the call that you placed on their hearts and lives. Thank you for the fire that you placed in their spirits. Lord, let that fire never go out. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, give them, give them the power to accomplish all the good things their faith prompts them to do. Lord, in Jesus' name, they have been called by God. They have been called by God. May they live a life worthy of the calling that you placed on them. Bless them indeed, Lord. Bless the work of their hands. Bless the work of their mouths, Lord. Bless them as they lead their homes and children, sometimes even their husbands. Bless them, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your good spirit rest upon them. Surround them, I pray, with all that they need from this day forward. And now would you just lift your hands and surrender to him. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you ourselves. Lord, may we live a life worthy of the calling you placed on us because we have been called by God. Lord, put that fire deep within us. Put that fire deep within us. Not on my watch. I'm going to fight the good fight of the faith. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight until I see victory happen. Just like Rizpah fought until her boy's bones were buried in the cave where they belonged. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we will not give in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the fight that you're placing in each one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you glory and honor today. For you are God Almighty. You rule and reign on the throne. And we position ourselves under you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift your voices and just begin to praise him this morning. Awesome Almighty God, we bless your name today. We praise you in this place today. We praise you in this house today. Awesome God, you're worthy of all praise. All glory, all might, all power and dominion. It's due unto your holy name. If you just bow your heads for a moment, keep your eyes closed, give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never allowed him to come and be the Lord of your life. But today you can make that all, all new, all brand new. You can walk out of here a child of God. You can walk out of here knowing that you're on your way to heaven. You can walk out of here knowing that there's nothing between you and God Almighty. That when he comes again, you're going to go with him. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. If that's you this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to throw your hand up in the air right now, all over this room. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Someone else in the back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Because the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That's all you got to do. And so we're going to pray that prayer today. Pray this with me out loud so you, your ears can hear you saying it. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, and I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I thank you for giving me a brand new start. And I thank you that God raised you from the dead. I believe that. And I will stand in that victory today. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for new life. Thank you that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name right now. And I give you all of me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's praise him this morning. Blessed be your name, Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Blessed be your name, Lord. This could be the best mother day you ever lived in your life because you got your heart right with God. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you, you felt God changing you on the inside, three things you need to do. First of all, get a Bible. We'll have one for you. The ushers will have one for you. Just a little Bible. Just say, hey, I need one of those Bibles. Okay? Because you got to read the Word of God. You pray, but God talking back to you is through His Word. So you read the Word and you hear Him speaking to you. It changes you. It feeds you every day of your life. It's food for the soul. Come on. And find a church. Okay? Find a good church to get involved in. Get plugged in. You need to be a part of the family of God. And thirdly, tell somebody. Tell somebody what God's done in your life. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Go celebrate. We'll see you next Sunday. We love you.